Welcome, dear listener, to Kirby's Battlemech Compendium. Written and compiled by Periphery et al., I am your orator Shrapnel. Join in the conversation on the MechWarrior 5 Mercenary Facebook page, and check out Periphery Pence on Insta for Battletech Eye Candy. Entry 2. JR7-D Jenna. Walking War Crime. As a Succession's war mercenary, you are probably familiar with the JR7-D Jenna as a death trap, piloted by the insane or deranged, speeding into combat with no sense of self-preservation to do as much damage as possible before succumbing to the first major hit it takes and leaving you wondering, what the hell was that about? With the sheer devastation brought on by the Succession Wars, it's easy to dismiss the Jenna as yet another weapon pressed into the wrong combat role out of sheer desperation. While that's not entirely inaccurate, it's also important to recognize that the Jenna was specifically intended to be and used as one of the most nefarious, arguably evil battle mechs to ever set foot on the battlefield. It all began with Luthien Armorworks on a world deep in the heartland of everyone's favorite pseudo-samurais in space with terroristic tendencies, the Draconis Combine. Luthien Armorworks was originally founded as New Samarkand Armorworks in 2461 by the then coordinator of the Draconis Combine at the time, Kozo Van Roars. The explicit purpose of creating New Samarkand Armorworks, later renamed Luthien Armorworks, was to create the Draconis Combine's first battle mech. Kozo Van Roars assigned his elite troops to perpetually keep tabs on Luthien Armorworks essentially turning them into a Draconis-run state weapons manufacturer for all time. Since then, the only purpose that Luthien Armorworks serves is to create and mass-manufacture whatever weapons the Draconis Combine demands, without any regard to silly things like moral ramifications or humanitarian concerns. The next step to understanding the Jenna is to understand the Draconis Combine itself, the puppet masters pulling the strings at Luthien. Let's just say, the jokes about insanely bloodthirsty wannabe space samurais isn't really all that far from the truth, and honestly, probably a little bit generous to their character. The Draconis Combine refers to itself as the Dragon, and bases its culture on traditional Japanese customs, with a pervasive class system dominated by the military and its vengeful Bushido-driven warriors. Not everyone in the Draconis Combine is Japanese, however and many do not particularly like these traditions or the way that House Curator's solution to civil unrest is Inferno Rounds. But the dragon is more than happy to commit a few fun atrocities on its own people to maintain control. You can ask Rasselhag all about that. To say the least, the Draconis Combine rules its subjects with a blood-soaked iron fist, using a mantra that our oppressed citizens are happy citizens. Outwardly, the dragon firmly believes in self-given right to manifest destiny and does not shy away from using inconceivable brutality to achieve their goal of controlling the entire inner sphere. The foreign relations policies of the Draconis Combine basically revolve around the idea of punishing everyone else for simply having the nerve to exist in the most cruel and painful ways possible. To demonstrate how far back these violent expansionist ideologies go, one could make a strong argument that the entire reason the Star League was necessary in the first place was to provide mutual protection from vicious and fast-expanding factions such as the Draconis Combine itself, 
who only reluctantly joined the Star League after they realized they could never win a military engagement versus virtually everyone else with a gun, forcing them to join or risk being held accountable for their murderous shenanigans. In addition to being the last faction to join after the Ameris coup and the collapse of the Star League, Draconis coordinator Minura Karita was the first to circumvent his peers and declare himself First Lord of the Star League, attempting to fulfill the dragon's dream of total control, which in turn triggered the horrific succession wars in their entirety as the House Lords battled for control of the remnants of the Star League. All that to say, the common currency of the Draconis Combine is misery and bloodshed, and the Draconis Combine mustard soldiery is perfectly fluent in genocide. When the Jenna was released by Luthien Armorworks in 2784, it immediately became a point of pride for the DCMS, who adopted it as their de facto standard light mech, ordering them by the thousands and remaining the sole and exclusive user for over 50 years. Luthien ostensibly claimed it was a fast strike mech intended for guerrilla combat. However, keeping in mind that we know the Draconis Combine relies on projection of force by any means necessary, it's easy to peel back the guerrilla fighter veneer and see that the Jenner is essentially a tool designed for war crimes by those who place no value on human life and operated by those with an immense capacity to cause suffering. After all, Luthien Armorworks existed specifically to enable the DCMS to perform its chosen task effectively, and when the chosen task is more often than not the wholesale slaughter of women and children, that becomes a strong design consideration. And indeed, the Jenner is quite well suited for the task. Fast enough and well armed enough to raise a population centre before the defenders could muster, the Jenner's paper-thin armour was generally not considered a problem, as fleeing civilians typically do not shoot back. Otherwise, on the unusual occasion that the Jenner was assigned a more traditional light mech duty, as such as scouting or recon, it performed equally well. The Jenner was fast enough it could outrun anything bigger than it, and well armed enough to destroy anything it couldn't outrun. In short order, the Jenna publicly earned its reputation as a harbinger of terror and suffering very quickly. In 2796, just 12 years after the Jenna was released and before the public at large in the Inner Sphere was familiar with the Jenna, the same Minura Karita who kicked off the Succession Wars was so impressed by the natural beauty of Kintaris IV as he and the DCMS were busy invading plundering the world that he decided to take a break from using his Battlemaster to play lawn darts with orphans and take a walk on foot through the active war zone. Unsurprisingly, the local defenders weren't too keen on honouring timeouts with the galaxy's most notorious war crimes and this egotistical moron was shot in the back and killed by a sniper fairly quickly. The DCMS decided that a sensible and appropriate reaction to this was to kill every man, woman and child on the planet and leave them to rot in the sun massacring 52 million civilians in just 157 days. The dragon's retaliation was so brutal that at one point, the new coordinator of the Combine personally ordered that no modern weapons be used, instead requiring his troops to behead civilians with traditional katanas and bladed weapons. Eventually, over 90% of the population of Kintaris IV was killed, with even Comstar personnel and facilities facing the wrath of the dragon. As the common light mech in the DCMS arsenal, 
The majority of the heavy lifting of this massacre was conducted by Jenners, starting uncontrollable firestorms in urban centers with Inferno SRM rounds and vaporizing innocents with the full power of medium lasers. However, rogue Draconis officers horrified at their orders passed recordings and tapes of the mass murders to surviving local Comstar officials who broke their own orders from Comstar and broadcast these tapes to news agencies all over the Innisphere. For 157 days, horrified people around the galaxy watched as Curitan mech warriors, mostly piloting Jenners, slaughtered unarmed civilians at a rate of 320,000 plus per day. While Kantaris IV may be the biggest wholesale slaughter genocide of innocent people by the Draconis Combine, these types of events were just standard playbook material for the Combine, usually perpetrated by the nimble yet powerful Jenna. To give an example of the alarming frequency of these genocides, shortly after the mercenary group the Eridani Light Horse attempted to break contract with the Draconis Combine in protest of the Kantaris IV massacre, the Draconis Combine responded by giving the Eridoni a massacre of their own, killing all of the dependents and non-combatants related to the Eridoni Light Horse based on Sendai. War crimes, genocide and civilian massacres by the Combine are common as rain, and the mech of choice for it was the Jenna. Thanks to broadcasts, such as those coming out of Kantaris IV and other massacres, the public at large across the galaxy was more than familiar with the Draconis Combine's antics and knew all too well what was going to happen when a Jenna walked into town. The last Jenna walked off the production line in 2848, when the Lyran Commonwealth destroyed the mech factories on Luthien, and production did not resume until 3046. When Luthien resumed production of the Jenna, it wasn't the JR7-D that was produced, it was the upgraded JR7-K. This means that by the time we encounter the JR-7D Jenna as mercenaries in 3015, despite the JR-7D finding its way into service in most modern militaries, every single one of them are aging relics, nearly 200 years old, if not more. It also means that virtually all of them began their service with the Draconis Combine, before eventually being salvaged, bought or stolen by their current employer and then continually repaired and pressed into service as the succession wars dragged on. Because of this history, there is a very high probability that every Jenna you encounter on the battlefield has been involved in some sort of atrocity or war crime, possibly even participating in truly horrific events such as Kantaris IV or the Eridoni Light Horse Massacre. As such, with this understanding of what the Jenna really, truly is, destroying one becomes a cathartic act for any believer in karma. The destruction of a JR-7D Jenna in combat means finally delivering vengeance to any number of lost souls, murdered by an unjust and terroristic society hell-bent on controlling the galaxy. If the old tale is true that a ghost is created when a murdered soul is trapped in the mortal realm until vengeance is enacted on its killer, then every time you destroy a Jenna, you are giving hundreds if not thousands of people their final rest in the afterlife. To say the least, if you are a believer in the supernatural, you may want to avoid salvaging and assigning a pilot to the JR-7-D you find in the field. Well folks, that's all we have time for now. Remember, if there is a mech you would like us to look into, drop a comment below. If you want to hear new videos as they are released, please subscribe and hit that bell icon. 
Don't forget to visit Periphery Paint on Insta to check out his latest projects, and stay tuned for the next episode of Kirby's Battle Mech Compendium.